Hey, welcome to episode 151 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Tom Laird, and... The illustrious Anthony Samroff. That's me. Indeed. And we have a controversial offering for you today. We are not one to shy away from controversy here in the Scottish Liberty Podcast. What are we not, Anthony? Why are we not? Sorry, I couldn't... <laughs> Let's do that again. We're not one to shy away from controversy here in the Scottish Liberty Podcast. What are we not, Anthony? I'm a little bit... I'm, not, I'm feeling a bit timid to actually reply to that question, actually. Okay, right. Uh, right. No, right. As you can see, it's a well-oiled well machine that we have got here. Our script editor is going crazy in the background. Uh, our producer is going nuts. Um, doesn't matter. So, today we're going to talk about are libertarians just cucks for billionaires? Do they just want that billionaire cock up their ass? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, I want to, I want to, like, obviously we've heard heard all the stupid left winger arguments for, yeah. like, where where's the where's the cash from billionaires for libertarian for the libertarian party, right? So so yeah. I've heard. What one, I would like to like tackle this from a libertarian perspective rather okay. than a rather than a, a lefty perspective, if that's at all possible. Okay. Um, well, we're we're going to start with uh, Richard Branson, the um, offshore refugee beardy ballooning fuckwit who owns <laughs> uh, Virgin Airlines, Virgin Rail. Virgin, what's the space thing called? Tigs in space? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we're totally unbiased here on the Scottish Liberty <laughs> Podcast, as you know. What do you hate so much about Richard Branson? Well, I'm about to go into that. I guess we all know Richard Branson. It's all Mike Oldfield's fault, and specifically tubular bells, because without tubular bells, there'd probably be... Well, Richard Branson would exist, but he probably wouldn't be as rich as he is. Um, he put some money in his, his early stages. Richard Branson was basically just running a small record label called uh, Virgin. That's uh, so what it was initially, a Virgin Virgin record label. And he came across this guy, Mike Oldfield, produced and put out his album, Tubular Bells, for him. It well, went gold, went platinum. And Branson made a load of money. Subsequently, at a later date, Mike Oldfield sued uh, Richard Branson for lost royalties. He reckoned he wasn't paying him as much as saying, look, look dude, you, you know, I've made you all this money and you basically paid me nine-tenths of sod all compared to what it was worth. So they settled out of court um, eventually. Uh, and Branson went from strength to strength as being, a, as I say, a ballooning fuckwit. <laughs> and uh, well, he's, he's one of these annoying... In the past, he's been one of these annoying, uh, progressive, rich right. blokes. He, he put his weight behind... Tony Blair and the Labour Party and right. one of these people saying that rich people should pay their fair share and then mm. he promptly fucked off and put all his money offshore. Now I'm not saying that Richard Branson should not put his money, I wish I could put my money offshore right, because okay. I don't want the government to get their filthy hands in my money. I have no objection to him whatsoever. But it's one thing to put all your money offshore and then at the first sight of trouble then go cap in hand to the government and to oh, the taxpayer yeah wanting them to bail you out. That takes some sack. 
That is, and, uh, that is some gall. Yeah. So I'm going to have a look at what is his, his latest uh, thing. Is. And he famously sued the NHS as well for a breach of contract. Um, you know, the problem is when you sue the NHS, it's not like suing a doctor or a nurse or a private practice or a private hospital. When you sue the NHS, you in fact sue the taxpayer. Right. And the taxpayer eventually pays out. And I say eventually because it can be tied up in court for years while the NHS use, uses taxpayers' money to pay top legal firms to tie you up in court for years. Like, so right, you, okay. you, end up, you end up suing yourself, and then when you win, you end up paying yourself because it's your taxpaying money that, 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 gets, that gets paid out back to you. So Can I just anyway, add something to what yeah. you said there? You said it takes some stones in your right to yeah. put all your money offshore and then uh, ask for a bailout. So you don't want to yeah. pay your taxes, but you do want um, money from the government. Yeah. It's also pretty different if you've been basically an advocate of the Labour Party and basically progressivism, interventionism, yeah. uh, and so far. Like, see if you're, see if you're uh, advocating libertarian views and you're willing to take the hits from it. If you're getting up on TV telling people, well, do you know what? See, if the government takes my money in taxes, they're not going to spend yeah. it that well. But if I um, invest it in capital goods, then that's going to bring yeah. back the bring down the price of products and services, and it's going to help poor people. Like, where is the single billionaire on TV making that case? Right? Where where yeah. where is he? You know. Well, you you, you may enlighten us. That yeah, when it, when it, when it we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm going to read uh, this. Um, this is from uh, the Financial Times. Um, and it's got uh, how Richard Branson changed his mind over government aid. Because this is a hypocrisy upon hypocrisy. <laughs> Steps up battle to save Virgin Empire as groups Australian airline collapses. Now, thankfully, um, the Australian government's told them to fuck right off, and then when he gets there, to fuck right off again. Um, quite rightly so. Um, unfortunately, that's going to mean a lot of people will be out of work. Um, well, but, you know, not necessarily. Wait a second. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. Okay. If yeah. they, if they yeah, need okay. to sell off their plate, oh, right, what should ideally happen with all these fuckers, Boeing, Airbus, Virgin, who are getting bailouts, is they sell off their planes and other companies come on and take their planes up. Eat, like, uh, and the capital gets allocated to those people who think that they can make the best use of it, right? right. So a lot of people need not necessarily, it might just be that they're not actually running their companies that efficiently and someone can do a better job. I know yeah. that the air market is a ridiculously regulated sector and that's contributing yeah. to the problems. But yeah, again, the problems with yeah. the regulation, are any of these people coming out and saying, oh, well, the government should really slash the regulations so that there can mm -hmm. be more competition in the air industry yeah. and we can run a leaner, leaner yeah. model? Yeah. No. Well, well, Australia has a, the premier at the moment, I think is a, I don't know his first name, Morrison, but he's kind of conservatarian. Um, he's from the Liberal Party. Uh, the, the Liberal Party in Australia is slightly different from what you mean. It, it, it's, it's more kind of classical liberal as far as I'm aware. But um, so they, they've told him to, to F off. But it says here, 
At the height of the financial crisis in 2009, billionaire Richard Branson balked at the idea of government intervention to stop companies going bust, proclaiming that weak airlines should be allowed to go to the wall. <laughs> Just over 10 years later, and the Virgin Group founder has a change of heart as he fights to protect his business empire from the Hallelujah. fallout of the, corona, of the coronavirus crisis. On Tuesday, he hit out a lack of government support after the Australian sickest biggest carrier, Virgin Australia, collapsed into administration after failing to secure a bailout, making it the airlines industry's first big casualty from the worst crisis in the sector's history. Hours before Virgin Australia entered voluntary administration, the British billionaire stepped up pleas for state aid for his airlines, Virgin Australia and UK-based Virgin Atlantic, pledging to mortgages, home and luxury holiday resort in the Virgin Islands as government intervention on both sides of the world looked increasingly unlikely. Well, good, you know, um, and it comes as governments are taking contrasting action how much financial support to provide carriers with their fleets grounded and revenues evaporated in the face of a travel shutdown. Um, so, I'll skip forward here. Support packages have varied across the globe, and the US airlines have been given a 50 billion aid package made up of a mixture of loans and grants. In Europe, the French and Dutch governments are considering providing about 10 billion of loans to Air France and KLM. Well, that really infuriates me because I despise KLM. I flew with them the last time about 10 years ago, and I swore I'd never fly with them again. In fact, I've paid extra to fly with other airlines other than KLM. I right. not only loathe Well, them, I got shafted I, by them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're scum. I think so, uh, EasyJet seems to, you know, EasyJet, SleazyJet, as they're yeah. affectionately called by their detractors, get a bad rap. But actually, they seem pretty all right compared to KLM. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope KLM goes down the toilet, along with their sour-faced, uh, grumpy, and uh, disagreeable uh, air stewardesses. Or sorry, what, what, do they, what do they call them these days? Not called stewardesses. Uh, cabin crew, whatever. But anyway, just... People who, who, who would do better being concentration camp guards. So, um, it says, a quote, in most countries, federal governments have stepped in in this unprecedented crisis for aviation to help their airlines. Sadly, that has not happened in Australia, wrote Sir Richard in a letter to Virgin Australia employees. Uh, during a month of tortuous negotiations over Virgin's request for a 1.4 billion loan, okay, so as far as uh, Branch is concerned, it's a loan, not a bailout. But then if he can't pay it back, what's he going to do? All he's going to do is right. wind up, go into administration, taxpayer will pay it. So there's no real it? moral hazard. Uh, Why sorry, doesn't Canberra, he go to the bank and get a loan? Well, precisely. Right. Canberra rejected eight separate variations of its bailout proposals. Now, I know that the UK government has told them to sod off, but the, well, what they've said is to re, um, resubmit his proposal. Um, but uh, Virgin's existing investors, Singapore Airlines, Nanshan Group, Virgin Group and Etihad resisted ploughing in extra funds to an airline that had not turned a profit for eight years and remained saddled with a five, with five billion in debt. Okay? So there's the problem. It's not coronavirus, Richard, you fucking asshole. It's your five billion debt that's the problem. If you didn't have five billion in debt, you're supposed to be the brilliant businessman, right? It's the five billion debt that's the problem. If you didn't have that up your ass, you'd be able to pay your employees and survive this crisis. Um, 
So in the UK, uh, Richard said Virgin Atlantic only keep going with government support. The airline has asked for a package of 500 million in commercial loans and guarantees, but the request has drawn sharp criticism over bailing out an airline owned by a billionaire. Uh, and US carrier Delta Airlines, which owns 49%, Delta has said it cannot assist Virgin, Virgin and needs to concentrate on its own shit. Uh, I paraphrase, obviously. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff here, right. um, and uh, there's a guy here. For Scott Poole, a ground crew member of Virgin Australia, news that the airline was entering administration brought back dark memories over the collapse of his former employer, Ansett Airways, almost 20 years ago. Quote, I worked at Ansett for nine years, and there's a feeling of deja vu about this. I knew he was going to say that. He told the FT, some staff never recovered from the loss of their jobs. And air ticket prices rose dramatically, leaving Qantas in a near monopoly. Well, Qantas was the Australian state airline. Uh, indeed, the failure of Ansett in 2001 is now shaping the public debate over Virgin's future uh, after leaving deep scars in a nation dependent on air travel. Canberra is hoping the administration process will tackle the company's unsustainable debt burden, a burden enabling it to attract new investors. Um, this is not liquidation. This is a quote. This is not liquidation. This is not Ansett. This is not the end of the airline. Uh, Josh Frydenberg, Australia's treasurer, told reporters on Tuesday. But the government was not going to bail out five large foreign shareholders with deep pockets who together own 90% of this airline. Well, well done you. You know, um, a bit more uh, of that attitude is needed maybe in government and maybe they could have started with that attitude 20 years ago and we wouldn't be in this shit stuff. Anthony, over to you. What say you? Well, this is the thing. When are... If these, okay, I, the first time I went to New York in recent years, I was able to get a flight for about £300 return with baggage because there was a Norwegian Airlines flight from Glasgow to an airport outside the city and you could okay. get a bus from there to the city, right? Yeah. The, Government basically taxed that airline out of existence, that air route yeah. out of existence, and then I ended up paying more than twice as much, seven to eight hundred pounds for my second flights over there the following year. So where are the executives coming out on TV, speaking to the media, saying, what we need in the airline industry is deregulation? Where are they? No, nowhere. None of them. They want handouts. They don't want deregulation because they like their little monopolies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I, I think the he's on a round two of negotiations. I think he's going to submit to the British government again for bail. I hope that he doesn't get it because we're bailing out everybody as it is. Okay, he says it's alone, but as I've already said, what's the moral hazard? You know, if you can't pay it back, you'll basically just, you know, shrug, go into liquidation, and the taxpayer will have to carry the, the can as usual. So, no, I'm sorry. Let the airline go down, and all those aircraft, all those employees, somebody out there, when normality, you know, comes back, and people want to start flying again, and I'm guessing it's going to be quite expensive once, uh, you know, I think cheap, Air travel is going to be over for a little while, at least after this coronavirus uh, calms down. So, 
So maybe it would be a good thing, uh, you know, if as many airlines as possible go into liquidation and, you know, somebody scoops them up, somebody who's going to run them better and run them at realistic prices and uh, more efficiently. Yeah, and I'm I'm worried that the as the regulatory structure stands, that this is not a problem that will be easily solved. One of the things that we find when there's little regulation is like, okay, you can go and you can find a new job, you can, uh, you can basically the the assets get real reallocated quicker. So if, if it is, as I suspect, down to the fact that they basically created these like mini monopolies in, the, in industries like airlines, then you can sell off the assets and things, but, the raw, but there's rot in underlying the system itself. Yeah. And to segue into, my, into our kind of like topic of the, uh, of the day, this is something that I realized, this is something this that is I'm there, Just for those who don't know, it's a lovely day, so Anthony and I are having a billionaire's barbecue today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're roasting billionaires on our barbecue. Right. I want to I I roast some holy cows, right? I'm going to yeah. say some things, not mm. all of them if I know I actually agree with, right? But this right. is kind of like the marketplace of ideas. And I kind of want to test them out against our audience. And also, you know, I want to bring things in that other people aren't talking about. And like, there's hardly any left libertarians and I never really considered myself a left libertarian. When I became a libertarian, it was pretty much, I don't really, you know, I just said I was a libertarian, like, but other people would say I'm a right libertarian. but there's pre- there, there, there isn't any analysis from that perspective because they don't, they, they don't really exist anymore. You know, there's the old guard of like Roderick Long and Sheldon Richman. Yeah. But, you know, what are they saying? Uh, there, there was that guy, I can't remember what it's called, who says that we should abandon the word capitalism uh, because it just basically has always meant rent seeking. And I would do that if... I actually thought we had any chance of replacing capitalism with a word like free market or voluntarism. But as soon as you describe your views, people are just going to say that you're a capitalist yeah, yeah, anyway. Exactly. So yeah. I don't so think we can. Uh, yeah. There was that quote from Rothbard where he said, if we are to keep the term capitalism at all, we need to distinguish from between free market capitalism and uh, laissez-faire. Um, I well, look, I mean, I think it helps to just get things down to basics. Capitalism just means that the means of production is, a ha- is in private hands. Okay. But that, but that, that's, 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 it, that's it in its basic form. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but and that, what, it, what it, that can then morph into, but I would be right in saying, would I not, that in order for it to, to, to achieve crony capitalism, you really need government intervention. Yeah, yes, or it helps. So, kind of, let's get into it. Well, I guess, um, I'm, I'm, I do this as well. And as libertarians, there's a tendency to jump in and defend billionaires uh, at any given opportunity. And the reason for that is because leftists don't really make a distinction between legitimately acquiring wealth 
and wealth that's acquired by rent seeking and special privileges anyway. And I think we yeah. tend to see any attack on wealth as an attack on liberty, on private property. And I think to a large degree it is. And it is true that leftists don't make that distinction, but there's this kind of like batting backwards and forth of whether libertarians are actually doing themselves or the movement any favors by not acknowledging what has been basically created here. I'm going to talk about that more because right, when I say libertarians seem to jump at the first opportunity to, to defend any billionaire, whether it's Jeff Bezos or, um, you know, well, Google's a private company. Yes, I know that they're a private company. Um, but my question is, where are the billionaires? Right, okay, so we're turning up to defend billionaires at any available juncture, but where are the billionaires turning up to defend libertarianism, right? Where are the, the billionaires advocating free trade and free markets and putting any mo money into the movement at all, right? There aren't any of them. Uh, well, there's, fact, a, there's, there's maybe, but, but there's, you know, it's a, yeah. a handful if you're lucky, and they're not that high profile. You wouldn't know them outside of uh, okay. the narrow the kind brothers, of did they, was who, who funded Cato? I don't really know much about the Koch brothers. Yeah, there's those, there's the names. So you, you keep going, and I'll, I'll probably come up with okay. somebody at some point. So, uh, what you see is actually basically the complete reverse of that. Far from, they're basically enemies of liberty for the main part. I mean, they're, they're high profile ones. Okay, yeah. there's tons of socialists and communists in the world, and they hate capitalism and markets. But most of them are basically broke and have no effect on anything whatsoever. The most successful of the commies and socialists, you know, they sell a bestseller that does 100,000 hits and is on the book racks at all the airports in the non-fiction section and people read them on the plane. But the people who read them on the plane are the people who have no effect on anything whatsoever either. So they're basically just um, getting a, a nice good old back slap from people who agree on them, right? That's the, that's the most successful of the con commies. But the billionaires actually have a huge influence on the media. Um, they sometimes buy the media. They sometimes are the media, right? You see these people getting on high profile shows and basically advocating government interventions, central planning, they're for technocracy. We hear Bill Gates basically advocating technocracy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Elon, Musk, then, Elon Musk has actually perfect. asked for, yeah, 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 for bailouts yeah. as well. And we, and we did a show, like we, we, we did a little bit of yep. uh, research and found that Elon Musk was a, a rent seeker. Um, yep. John D. Rockefeller, uh, I know that he made a lot of his fortunes legitimately, but he was also responsible for transferring technology over to the Soviet Union and the, and the Nazis that they couldn't have actually, like all the Soviet Union stuff was basically built um, invented in European and Europe and America, according to um, Anthony Sutton. So, right, exactly. They, they like to get on TV and they support their fashionable causes and show how woke they are. And they fund movies in Hollywood where capitalists are the villains, right? Warren Buffett is famous for saying, 
I pay less as a percentage of my taxes than my, my clean art, right? So he's advocating yeah. higher taxes, right? No, I, I, I forgot this quote. Here's a literal quote from Warren Buffett. There's class warfare, all right, but it's my class, the rich class that is making war and we are winning. So he's basically calling people to socialism, right? To Marxism. Yeah. Then you get, you know, no billionaires like Soros who make, who made their money on the market to a degree and they're using their publications to push progressivism and social justice warriorism, right? Right. So yeah. they're the enemies of the market and classical liberalism and libertarianism, yeah. right? Can I just and, say, sorry, it's real, to, to, um, to someone like Warren Buffett, uh, who's stopping them from paying more tax if he wants to? Right. You know, he, he can contact uh, the inland, uh, you know, the, the 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 revenue service in America and say, "I I would like to make a donation uh, to you uh, of X." <laughs> you know, you know, the, the, he doesn't have to sit around waiting for the government to to, to to decide to tax him more. He can do it already. You know, then then he won't be paying less as a percentage yeah, than he's yeah. cleaner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or you know, I mean, he can just he could he could just get up and saying, "Well, I think I should be paying more tax," so I'm donating X billion to this foundation because I think they're doing what the government should do. And you know, I don't really need to tell you guys at home, the charities, broadly speaking, spend their money much more efficiently than the government does, okay? So, I mean, the government doesn't really have an incentive to spend the money efficiently because they can't measure their success against comparable up against comparable institutions. And the charities do need to show that they're, um, to some people, they need to demonstrate that they're spending the money well, right? So, right, if you take the case of Google and Facebook and Twitter, right, they're not just advocating for progressivism and technocracy and social justice warriorism, they are actively enforcing it on their platforms, right? And because Google owns 90% of the search market, they're able to choose what gets shown on the first page, and especially the top four or five entries, which are usually the ones that people click on, right? Amazon can discriminate against sellers, and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube actually actively censor our views, right? And, you know, I'm reminded of that cartoon of the ANCAP ball saying to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, I don't agree with you banning people, but I'll fight to the the death for your right to do it. And then in the next frame of the comic, he's got banned written across them. So, So, okay, so are we just meant to like go, well, they're private companies, you know, we kind of take it, you know, are we meant to take it in the ass, right? And see when you go, well, you can just not use those platforms, right? I'm not actually suggesting any solution to this, right? Okay, I'll tell you why I don't, like, we'll come to regulating them in a second, right? Uh, By the way, interrupt me at any time to add anything, anytime you want, because I can forget around forever, right? So the thing is, when you say, well, just don't use them then, right? You're like, what we're talking about is people who are literally billionaires, right? Okay. They've received special privileges from the state to attain monopoly positions to at least some degree. I've spoken before about how Google 
um, there's an old article saying Google bought six, got 650 million in government handouts. That must be, that's an old article. It must be a lot more than that. I'd, I'd be yeah. surprised if it wasn't in the billions or tens of billions even. Right, okay. And, and that, is that, that's just from one government? That's uh, just from... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's from the US government. Right, right. exactly. So, so the thing is, we're talking about billionaires who are mono who've monopolized agencies, right? So if people just stop using them, do you think they're going to go? Oh well, then the game's up. I guess I guess we'll just go home now. Or are they going to use their literal billions to go to the government and get things? rejigged a little bit more, you know, a little bit more yeah. regulation, a little bit more legislation yeah. in their favor. And I would yeah. say it's probably the latter. So the thing is, you're, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight, basically. Mm. You're going, you're, um, when you just say, well, just stop using, and I'm not saying that we should, that the government should regulate them. But here's the thing, right? First of all, Google paid the Heritage Foundation to write articles against the regulation of Google. And we could see, you know, we're against regulation of Google. And I'm ideologically predisposed, right, to be against the government regulating Google. But even supposing I wasn't ideologically predisposed to it, it seems like a futile attempt because I can't see regulation ever being passed to moderate corporate behavior rather than, you know, the referees, the first, uh, as P.G. O'Rourke said, when buying and selling is regulated, the first people to be bought over are the regulators, to be bought and sold are the regulators, right? So, uh, if you take when like the government broke up Standard Oil, like John D. Rockefeller still ended up on top, you know, and uh, when they, when they did, did antitrust against Microsoft, actually stop the monopolization of the computing industry? No, it's still basically Apple and Microsoft. So they broke up Microsoft, but it didn't do fuck all, right? But that's not nearly really the point. What I'm looking for feedback on is this, right? From you, from our listeners, from everyone in the movement, right? When you have an enemy of liberty like Google, and every time you point out the fact that someone says, well, they're a private company, they can enforce whatever standards they want, right? And you take regulating them off the table. You take breaking them up off the table. You're not taking handouts off the table. Mm. You're not taking preferential legislations off the table. Yeah. You're not taking government contracts off the table. You're not taking IP off the table. So you're going, oh, we're not going to regulate them. We're not going to break them up. But you're not taking all the stuff that the government does that might benefit them off the table. You're just basically saying, right, come on then. I don't agree with you fucking me in the ass, but you know, I'll fight, the, yeah. I'll fight to the death for your right to fuck me in the ass. Yeah. So that's what that's that's why i can see even though i don't agree with many of their views some people on the alt-right not the people who are actually against freedom of speech on the alt-right maybe the the more moderate alt-right going crazy and calling us law libertarians because you're not 
you're not taking when you say okay well we're, we're taking our weapons or you know of breaking you up or or regulating you you know you're not you're not removing the government's ability to grant special privileges off the table yeah yeah i, I mean just the fact that i mean let's look at bezos for example because he, he annoys me um and i'm sure he annoys many people on the left as well but when you see somebody like that suddenly embrace like um, minimum wage legislation, right? Okay, right. That benefits okay, that, him. That ben you know, and, and you know, are, are people really so gullible that they think that suddenly Jeff Bezos has seen the light? You know, for years he's cut corners and used the very late, uh, loopholes, but he's had this Damascus experience. Oh, suddenly, oh yeah, you know, minimum wage is a good idea. No, what he knows is. He's basically pulling up the ladder behind him once right, he's, once he's uh, climbed to the top. So perfect. that nobody else, nobody else now can compete with Amazon because they'll have to pay minimum wage, which he never done. Right? Right. Part of the reason that he, he got successful and was able to undercut loads of other companies and get and I buy from Amazon, the very equipment I'm using uh, just now is bought from Amazon. So I mean, I, I guess it's because it's so readily available, it's, it's cheaper. But at the end of the day, Jeff Bezos himself, as I say, he annoys me because he's suddenly gone down this road of looking to be to, to bring more government regulation in, in terms of that, that's just one aspect, the minimum wage legislation. But that's a good aspect because that in of itself curbs people's ability to, to, to compete with him. Right. And that's the kind of thing. And, and every time that you have a monopoly, and I, I think in the old days, Murray Rothbard said this, that in the old days, I mean, when people talked about a monopoly, monopoly meant a specific thing. It was only something yes. that had yes. been, uh, uh, came about by a special privilege granted yes. by the government, like uh, the, the, the British um, East India Company. They had a royal charter. They had a special privilege. No, they had the, the sole um, right to carry out their business as they did. Okay, so that's that's a monopoly. In every other instance, in a free market instance, where govern where um, where businesses have tried to get together and create a cartel, it's ended in in failure. Because right. I mean. It, it, it's weird when you listen to people on the left and they go, oh, you know, you don't understand, you know, human greediness, you know, the, 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 these uh, grasping millionaires, they don't care about anything but profit. But yet they're suggesting to me that these grasping, short-sighted billionaires who care about nothing but profit and feathering their own nest are somehow able to enter into a contract with 10 other billionaires for a long-sighted view of, like, if we stick together on this, we can all make uh, money together. Whereas in reality, that doesn't happen. In reality, somebody goes, I, I can see how to screw all the other guys here by, right. by breaking this, uh, this cartel and, and selling stuff at a, a cheaper price. So monopoly consistently requires government intervention. So and, that's the and that's the problem when we talk about... When, and I think, yeah, I think uh, libertarians are... are by all means, defend somebody's right to become a billionaire, but ever doesn't mean everything they do and say is kosher, and it's 
definitely the case that many of them seek are, are they're rent seekers and they really? want government regulation. We know huge corporations love regulation because it's it stops competition in its tracks and leaves them to be the sole business. It leaves Google to be the sole supplier of internet services. It leaves Amazon to be the, 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 the sole uh, supplier for home shopping. Um, instead of leaving the market alone and getting the government the hell out of there, um, yeah, so I, I would agree so far, especially with Google and, you know, when they, when they, they ban people and all the rest of the and that utility is granted to them through government. Yes. You know, you, 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 if you want to, if you want to be, be an internet service provider, there's certain again there's certain regulations that you have to uh, to sign up to. And if Google decides that it doesn't like you, it's got. I mean, it's extremely difficult to do it. Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson were going to set about setting up a rival, you know, a rival set up to, to the monopoly of Google and Facebook and uh, Patreon and all these people who were in cahoots to drive certain uh, opinion bases off of the internet. Um, and they've, they've found it's not as easy to do that as people might think it is. Yeah, you can start at, at something like BitChute, but you still have to have an internet service provider. You still have to be able to secure um, some method of monetizing uh, and being able to break out of that monopoly, the monopoly on on monetary services and financial services that's out there at the moment. Right. And it's quite funny. There's so many things that you said we're going to pick up on. Okay. For example, Jeff Bezos and the minimum wage. This yeah. is the guy who's been accused of you know, going abroad to, in a race to the bottom to exploit cheap labor and yeah. underpaying his um, employees, right, to a, to a huge degree. Now, I don't, I just want to say, right. What does that mean, he underpay somebody? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's right. why <laughs> I, I actually yeah. want to know. I actually want to know. That's, I, I was, I was shit posting on Facebook on this topic yeah. to try and get responses from people to inform my opinions so that, <laughs> you know, only the best for you guys at home. And I pissed yeah. off some libertarians for, um, by playing devil's advocate, right? So, I, but, but there's also some lefties who posted one said he, un but he always gets accused of underpaying his workers. But here's the thing, right? That <laughs> libertarians don't, don't talk about maybe as much as they should, right? Right. You could argue that to a degree, those who can offshore into countries that aren't very free market are all underpaying their labor as compared to what those people would be getting on a free market, right? Because right. if you had a free market in Indonesia or China or Bangladesh, tons of companies would go there and set up business and they would bid up the price of labor like no one's business, yeah. right? Yeah. 
especially skilled labour and, and, and yeah. And yeah, so, labor, the, the people that have already been trained to do the job. Yeah, yeah they, they go there and they go, well, you know, we can go and set up in that country and um, then, we, then yeah. we can, you know, one says, well, I'll pay you $10 a week. And the next one's, well, I'll pay you $12 a week and at 14. And before you know it, you know, ancillary farms are, are cropping up to supply. So there's none of that. They're, they're going to countries where the government goes, well, only a few corporations can operate in our country and they need to pay off the government and they need to pay off the police and this and that if they want to operate in our country. So they don't have to compete for labor, right? And, and this is what I'm saying, right? So what I, so because the billionaires benefit from cheap labor in the third world, right, they are not predisposed to libertarian views. They are, we're not going to see billionaires saying, well, you know, we should remove all trade restrictions or, uh, well, you know, uh, we, what we need to do is we need to go to these countries with authoritarian governments and we need to write policy documents with them for them, saying that they need to open up their markets and institute property rights and things like that, um, which is actually what those, um, those clever think tanks are doing, including people who aren't necessarily, liber you know, particularly liberal. I heard even, um, a, you know, a video in the School of Life, which is quite lefty, saying that, you know, property rights are basically one of the foundations of a country doing well. You know, even some people who are, let's say, not um, who are basically left of centre, but sort of social democrats, progressives, believe in a mixed, uh, mixed economy, right? Even yeah. they strongly acknowledge, many of them, the smart ones at least do, that uh, property rights are necessary in Africa and places like that if you want to see development. Even Bono coming out, you know, and saying, yeah, it's a hard thing for a rock star to come out and say that the third world needs capitalism. But, you know, having come through this journey and seen the evidence, yeah, I mean, the third world needs capitalism. But, but this, we're not gonna be hearing this out of the billionaires. And if anything, they're going to fight tooth and nail to stop these countries from getting something, anything approaching a free market, right? Um, so, so if they're not the natural allies of the free markets, why markets, why are they natural allies of libertarianism? And why do we need to always, when, why, why do we always need, to, I'm not saying, why do, we, yeah, why do we always need to come to the rescue? Why do we always need to be the ones saying, well, you know, Amazon, have sold billions of products to millions of people for a cheaper price than they would have otherwise have to pay. You know, yeah. because, uh, I mean, I'm not even sure, like, okay, so here's where I get, so do, do you have anything to add before I go on my next rant? No, uh, rant away. 
Okay, so here's where I get to the part that I, I'm not really sure if I, I if I believe in everything I'm about to say, but I just want to I just want to try the hat on for a while. I want to I want to make the best argument against an Iron Man argument. Yeah, exactly. So if I yeah. was going to be probably not someone, yeah. probably not someone on the left, but someone maybe on the on the right, you know, a conservative or an alt right person who said. You, you know that you know that book two cheers for capitalism i love the title of that book whoever whoever came, whoever came up with it's very clever it was a conservative guy two cheers for capitalism and it's patronizing as fuck right but it's still pretty clever okay so right would bill gates and steve jobs uh elon musk be very wealthy in a free market almost certainly I would say, because they're very competent. But would they be multi-billionaires? Probably not. Not without IP, right? You could argue that Amazon's a natural monopoly. This is coming, I was trying to come back to some of the things okay. you said as well, which because you were talking about how monopoly originally meant government granted. You yeah. could argue that Amazon has sort of got a natural monopoly because people like to have one big e-commerce place. But I, I really can't see why that should be the case with Apple or Microsoft, because is there any reason why there shouldn't be, and people at home can tell me, is there any reason why there shouldn't be tons of companies producing the stuff that, you know, producing our laptops and things? Um, because, yeah, you can say, well, you know, your laptop might be compatible, might not be compatible with someone else's. Or you could say, well, people like an interface they're familiar with, but companies would be able to copy other companies' interfaces and make them compatible without IP laws, right? So, yeah, so here's a thing I came across, right? Amazon received 600, a $600 million contract from the CIA and the NSA, right? Yeah. I reckon again, Amazon that will just yeah, that will just be one well, hand. To, to deliver what guns and silencers or whatever. <laughs> right, you can I look up that, the. Maybe okay. I should um, maybe I should get that article in case anyone. Because it's not something. I mean, you you could you could immediately see why the CIA would give money to let's say Facebook, or they'd give money to Google. You know, I could see, but but I'm just wondering what angle the CIA. Or, or was it just a, what, what was the contract for? Um, here's the article, why Amazon's yep. collaboration with the CIA is so ominous and vulnerable. Yep. So we look forward to a successful relationship with the CIA, I fucking bet you do. Um, yeah. That's so, a boondoggle and a half, that one. I guess um, the leader in, in the companies, uh, I didn't read the article thoroughly enough to remember it because it was part of my overall research for the program, but people can Google that. To find it, yeah, <laughs> duck, duck, go it and find out what um, Amazon were, what were they supplying to the CIA? Yeah. What service were they giving well, to the CIA? Yeah, people need to do a bit of their own re research, okay. But, but, the, but regardless, they, they gave them 600 million. Which, and that's a lot. Um, well, it's a lot to you and me, but is it, is it a lot in the world of... Um... Maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a drop in the ocean. Is it a yeah. lot 
would it be a lot to one of their potential competitors though who yeah. is smaller it might yeah. be they also received subsidies from the post office they started delivering amazon packages on sundays so there you know there there's another government special privilege right yeah um, other ways so i've talked so these people benefit from cheap credit and preferential legislation and intellectual property protections outright handouts even the scottish government i saw yeah. an article that said our own government gave amazon an outright handout then there's con government contracts like these ones they get right here's one that people always say well yeah, you know, I, I, I know amazon were, were given i think it was was it a, a, Let's say it was a million pounds or thereabouts to set up uh, to help set up their their place in Fife, just across the water from where I am in, in, in uh, Edinburgh. That's where their their headquarters are in Scotland. That's where their, their dist sorry the distribution centre is on the east coast in Fife, and they they received money from the Scottish government in order to do that. Which you know the the the, the philosophy goes like you know if you if you if we put that it's money well spent because it's going to provide jobs. Yeah, Those no. people who get the jobs will then be paying tax. They'll come off the dole. Yeah. There'll be, you know, and all that money will go into. But then, but you just go well, look. Either there was an opportunity there, or there wasn't. You know, yeah. and if, if Amazon didn't want to, and again the counter argument as well, if Amazon didn't set up there, then they would have only went somewhere else who did, you know, to who who bribed them. Yeah, that just shows up. the flaw of the system, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just means it's a rigged game. Okay, someone else will yeah. pay them off. Yeah. What gives them the right to tax people to give it to Amazon? But yeah. this is this is something you even hear conservatives saying. Exactly the yeah. argument you made. It's yeah. more people on the right who go, you know, they hate some of them welfare payments to the poor. Yeah, but but they they do. I, you know, I've heard people on the right yeah. or conservatives go. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good that they get. Well, I mean, the government might give have given them the. How are they? How's the government going to encourage the growth of business if it doesn't do stuff like that? I've genuinely yeah. heard people say that. How's the government yeah. going to going to encourage the growth of business? So, so. The controversial one for libertarians is people constantly complain about Amazon not paying their taxes. Now, they do pay some taxes, like payroll taxes, because they can't avoid them, but they've managed to effectively not pay their taxes. Again, okay, I understand taxation. And, 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 they, and they get to negotiate basically yeah. how much tax they're going to pay with the inland revenue. Taxation is theft, etc., etc. But the yeah. thing is, their potential competitors can't negotiate with the taxman, so they're yeah. not competing on a fair, on an even playing field, and that's yeah. not to the benefit of the consumer. Okay, yeah. and here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. The controversial part, right, which I don't know if, um, if is legitimate or not, right, and is the kind of coming back to the idea of Amazon maybe being a natural monopoly. Amazon wasn't the first online retailer, right? It wasn't innovative, right? How much different would the world be without Amazon? And I personally, I'm guessing not very, because 
if it wasn't for Amazon, if you like, if you've ever played one of those strategy games, the the 4X games, right? You start with a bunch of resources near your camp and you need to mine those resources. And as quickly as possible, you need to go to the neighboring pile of resources and set up another camp there so you can mine at those, res um, at those resources, right? And these, these are like nodes, right? Where the resources are. There's, there's, the, there's the internet search, there's the social media platform, there's the place that everyone goes for e-commerce, right? And someone sits on that, right, okay. And there was a bunch of companies that could have fulfilled Amazon's role. No one knows why they won. Maybe it was just the name Amazon, it sounds cool and it starts with an A, so when you search it out, yeah. Amazon's the first one that comes up, right? In the case of Google, I remember before Google, I used to use Webcrawler and Ask Jeeves, and I rolled onto Google, and hey, what do you know? It gave me much better search results than the ones that I was using before were. So I migrated to Google, and before I knew, everyone had migrated to Google. So it's possible that Amazon, likewise, was just that much better than its competitors, right? but it might not have been that much better, right? The point is once they gain control of that node, the interface gets customized to user preferences anyway. They put all the AI in and they figure out what's, how to make it user-friendly. They employ the best people in, in the field of user experience who, if it wasn't Amazon, might well have got employed by that other company who took the market share instead of Amazon. And, yeah. you know, even if people were used to a different calibration, that's fine. Their subjective evaluation of the, you know, user experience would be about the same, you know. So, so they didn't invent online retail. They're profiting from online retail. They took the, they took the dominant spot. And um, the, to a large degree, here's, you know, you, from a libertarian perspective, you can go, who cares? Uh, who cares if it, uh, but, you know, you could, to a large degree, you could argue it's good luck was, was the main factor. You go, yeah, well, who cares if it's luck or not? They still managed to do it, right? That's fine. You can argue one way or the other. Right. And, but the proof that it's luck is if you took everything away from Jeff Bezos, would he be able to do it? Would he be able to compete with Amazon? Is he so innovative and so ingenious? Right. In fact, put Jeff Bezos in 2020 up against Amazon in 2010. And would he be able to compete with Amazon? Because people always like to go, well, if you think you can do better, then you start your own company to compete with Amazon. Good luck with that, mate. Good luck with that. It's no longer a meritocracy, right? So that's where, that's where I'm gonna, I, I'm just floating this out there for feedback, you know? Um, you yeah. know it's like, so, so, so sorry, to, to, to draw to the point to a close, right? So there would be something like Amazon, even without Amazon, there would be something like Google search and you, without, Google search, there would be something like YouTube without YouTube, there would be something like Chrome without Chrome. And these billionaires who are weird, who fucking 
hate our philosophy and use every means at their disposal to deplatform us and to destroy our philosophy and to get on talk shows and say, well, the government really needs to look at what's going on in the economy and pass this regulation and that regulation, right? Yeah. We need, we're constantly bound to be saying, well, you know, they are a private company. They could do what they want on their own platform. Google didn't even, not only did they not invent internet search or email or internet video or web browsers, they didn't even win when they tried to commit, when they tried to compete against YouTube. Google videos was a failure. So they just yeah. bought over YouTube, right? So, so I guess my point is that they use their, their monopolies to actively prevent competition. They're not a meritocracy. They're not subject to free market competition. And, and if anything, if put in the position of being forced against the wall and at risk of losing their monopolies, they would use every penny of their billions to ensure that they didn't lose their monopoly using whatever means necessary, whether it's market research, advertising, or going to the state. And they would use every means at their disposal to um, crush classic liberal and libertarian ideas if they ever started to go anywhere. They'd crush any, they'd crush any means they could of arguments in favor of free markets, free trade, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So can we please stop sucking their dicks now? Well, I, I already stopped just about the, a third of the way through this show. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's tedious sometimes to, to hear. It, you kind of stuck in the middle as Oliver time because at the same time you defend things where people go, oh, billionaires, uh, you know, Amazon should pay their fair share. And you go, do you have any idea how many people Amazon employ? Yeah. And every single one of those employees is paying tax that they wouldn't be paying if Amazon wasn't employing them. You know, so the idea that they're not, you know, that they're not yeah. giving back is... And the, that, the term giving back is stupid as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's nonsensical, but it still doesn't mean that either Bezos or Branson can't be dicks. Um, or Mark Zuckerberg or any of, of yeah, these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. The, right, okay, and there's another point on this because people always say, don't hate the player or hate the game, right? Oh, oh no, the corporations aren't the problem. The fact that the government can hand out special privileges is the problem. And I myself am very, 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 very guilty of making that argument. I've made it all the time. But the reason why I'm having second thoughts on that argument is that you can say, oh, I don't hate the player, I hate the game when it comes to dating, right? Because the laws of dating are set up by biology. They're, natural, they're naturally occurring. But when you say, oh, well, Google went to the government for a handout or for a legislation to be passed, don't don't play the don't hate the player or hate the game or the, the difference is these 
people are buying the referee, they, which means yeah. they're setting up the rules of the game. They, yeah. It's not this, you can't say don't hate the player, hate the game, when they're actually defining the game. They're no longer yeah. a player in the game. Yeah, and they're perpetuating, at the very least, they're perpetuating the game. It's not like Bezos or Branson go on TV and they say, look, I don't like this. Uh, I would rather the game was different. I think the government should stop. I'm taking bail. I'm taking advantage of these things because that's what I do because I'm trying to get on in business. And if you don't do it, you're going to get uh, left yeah. behind. You'll get swallowed up by the competition. What I'd rather is that the government stopped interfering and everybody could compete on a, on a note. On a note. Yeah. Open playing field. But they don't do that. They, they, they push for even more legislation to protect their own position in the marketplace. Yeah, and, they, and, and again, I just come back to this point. They are, can I, this can't be repeated enough. They are literal billionaires. So when you say don't hate the player or hate the game, how are regular people who disagree with them getting preferential legislation and handouts and things like that meant to fix, somehow fix the game? How are we yeah. meant to fix the game when we're up against billionaires that want the game to be fixed, right? Yeah. So. Well, the game is fixed, but they yeah. don't want it fixed the right way. They yeah, how, to, how are we meant yeah. to, yeah, that, that's a bit confusing, right? So the, yeah. they want the game to be fixed. We want the game to be um, fair. How are, we meant to, how are we meant to institute that? When, so that's why the left go crazy. Because when we say the kind of things that we say, they go, they're, they're, wrong, in, they're wrong in their analysis, but they're yeah. intuitively perceiving a certain point, which is yeah. these people do, it's, the not, it's not that the amount of money that these people make is out of proportion with the amount of services they provide. It, it probably is. It probably is way out of proportion because as I said, if it wasn't Amazon, you know, Network or something like yeah. that would have gone out. It is, but that's not the problem. It's the amount of power that they wield, the amount of influence they have over your life. Yeah. So, so billionaires would never allow free markets. They benefit from the institutions. They'd spend their billions doing anything necessary to ensure that there never are free markets. Uh, and they don't contribute anything to our movement. They, they actively campaign against our movement. They use their platforms against our movement. They get on the media and say woke stuff to, to show how plugged in and down with the kids they are. Um, and they ban us and they, 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 they tell people like Warren Buffett does that more government is the solution. So in, in, in that, um, is there anything wrong with say making Facebook while they've got this monopoly say bound by constitutional law and forcing them to adhere to freedom of speech or equal speech along with Twitter and Google? since they're controlling 90% of what you can express online, given we're in a culture war and we're losing, right? Should you, 
you can let the bar, I'm not saying that I, I believe in this, but I'm saying I can see the argument for it. You know, yeah. you know, you can let the barbarians in, or you can yeah. say, you know, well, look, these guys aren't going to stop treading on me. They're just not going to stop treading on me, right? So fuck him. Yeah. I think, okay, it'd be a good start just to stop bailing them out. <laughs> stop giving them uh, public money would be a, 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 a good thing to start with. Yeah. Um, so, 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 I mean, and, sorry, go on. Yeah, that, that would be a good, good start, I think. Just stop giving them public money. The, the problem of saying, well, they should be bound by the Constitution. Well, that's great as long as the Constitution's great, but the Constitution at the end of the day could just be yeah, amended. That's true. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, or, or they could just tear, their, tear it up, wipe their ass with it, and write right. another Constitution. You know, should we, should we enforce? So that, 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 I think that's the, the, the problem there. Um, or they could just move their headquarters to another country that doesn't have that kind of constitution that forces them to do that. <laughs> so, um, go on. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's basically all I've got to say. That's all so, I have to say about that. So I guess, um, you know, uh, one of the things I think a lot of our problems comes back down to, or, or one of the only solutions I see to many problems is basically secession, so you don't have such big governments yeah. um, uh, that, that are capable of, of giving, handing out such special privileges. But then, you know, you wonder if the small governments will compete to give these companies handouts, right? Something well, Ireland, the Republic of Ireland got all these companies to, a lot of them Google so forth together because they, they cut their corporate tax. Right. Um, fine, you know, that's... What's the point of making legislation and creating tax uh, legislation if the government itself is going to then offer loopholes round the very regulations that they've made. You know? <laughs> uh, right, so basically you know, it's, we're it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, you know, it's like the ultra-Orthodox Jews who, who spend their time inventing all these new laws that they have to obey uh, and then employ lawyers separately to find clever ways of getting around yeah. these, all these, these, these yeah. new laws that they've made okay. for themselves. Yeah, that like, um, oh, you're allowed to turn, you're not allowed to turn your electricity on in the Sabbath, but what you can do is you can turn it on on a very low heat before the Sabbath so it cooks your food really slowly. Right. I guess what I wanted to say when I, want, when I was in my rant about how the billionaires, uh, if anything, you know, they actively get on the media and yeah. campaign against what we're saying, I just missed out one thing, right? Which was this, this rant, right? Who exactly has the power and influence to spread knowledge of, say, how capital, capital investment enriches the poor or any of the benefits of the concentration of wealth that libertarians see? You know, I, I like to say, well, you know, people who want to redistribute wealth don't really understand that when capitalists invest in machines and factories abroad, they raise living standards by bringing down the, the price of goods and services. And that's why we enjoy the luxuries that we produce, right? You hear tons of people saying, if you redistribute wealth, it'll get given to 
poor people who go out into their local economy and spend it, and that will get the economy going. There's plenty of people writing books on that, but there aren't people writing books on what on on debunking that myth, right? Yeah. Who has the power and influence to spread that knowledge? It's not politicians, because you won't get far in politics telling people that. It's not, you know, the academics and economics departments, because only geeks like us read their books, right? The people who do have the resources to spread this knowledge is billionaires. And they're not doing anything to save us from socialists and social democrats. They're, right, see when billionaires, I, I think libertarians should make a deal with the billionaires, right, and say, we will, we're we going on strike like uh, Ayn Rand's, like in Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged, right? We are going to cease, we are going to cease defending billionaires until the billionaires start commissioning documentaries on Milton Friedman and Hayek and Mises and Ayn Rand, right? When the billionaires start coming to the aid of the libertarian movement, of the liberty movement, when they're, when they're you know, funding reruns of Free to Choose yeah. with Milton Friedman, then then we'll come back to their aid because right now all I see is them shitting on the free market. And uh, I strongly defended the pay that CEOs get on this show. Um, well, because they're, cause, you know, it's adapted, because uh, what they're getting paid is adapted to the, the value that they earn on a free market, more or less, because people are going to bid up the wages of CEOs and they're, they're basically paying that um, they're probably getting paid what the higher, highest bids are will pay them. But can we really say that these, these billionaires are not just, you know, they're part, they are not just a part of the state apparatus now. Definitely in the case of Microsoft and Apple, it's all IP that they've got market, market dominance because of, and, yeah. and probably many other sectors. So we'll come back and start defending you when you start defending the libertarian movement and contributing it to it. Those are yeah. my terms. Until then, suck a big one. Um, so I'm going to leave on a, a happy note. So who's the, before we do that, who's the cock-a-doodle dude of the league? Oh, man. <laughs> We haven't done that for ages. Uh, uh, oh, well, I've got one. It was actually last week. Um, it was usually and I, I never forget why. It's that guy. Did you ever see a movie called Amores Peros? No, I didn't. It was like, a, I think it was Mexican-made film. Uh, and it, it introduced the world to Gael Garcia Bernal. Um... I think that was his, his, his break. Uh, I think he was also in a movie called uh, A Mama Tu Tambien, something like that. But it's he, he was the he, he I think he came from some South American shithole, and his parents were uh, dissidents, and now he's in America, shitting on capitalism, and yeah, 
He, he doesn't. He doesn't go back to the South American shithole that he came from. I noticed that. Um, but he he stays in America and shits all over capitalism. So yeah, I, I can't remember exactly why, but Gilbert Garcia Bernal is, is, is probably my cut of the week. Did you have a better one? Well, I'm including Richard Branson as a cock, and I'm including basically... Well, it's not him that's the cock. It's the people who pay him, pay him out that's the cock. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm just wondering, tentatively, the libertarian movement, to the degree which it unfairly, unfairly defends, feels reflexively the need to defend these rent seekers is okay. maybe, I tentatively want to, to call them cucks. See everyone listening on iTunes, if I'm way off base today or I'm missing pieces of the puzzle, come on YouTube we'll do a and pillory me, yeah. pillory me. Also, yeah. you know, share this show because I think this was one of our more original shows and it would be nice to get some new listeners as well sometime, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys, but... <laughs> Yeah. Nothing. And just to, and just so that people know, not only do I think that some poor people are just cunts, I think that some rich people are cunts as well. Um, so I'm going to do. So I'm going to try and uh, share a screen here. It'll probably come into a disaster. But, okay. Uh, well, you do. Well, you figure that. I, I'll just. Uh, it won't insert. take me long. I don't think. Okay. Oh, it's working. Is it working? Yes. Yes. Okay, wow. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at the metro here, and uh, this is the good news of the week. Ravens hatch at the Tower of London, meaning the kingdom will not fall. Uh, if you're aware of this legend, um, during Charles II's reign, uh, it was predicted that if the ravens that were at the Tower of London ever flew away, um, that the White Tower would fall and the, the, the kingdom would, would come to an end and it'd be, a, it'd be a disaster for everybody. So three new raven chicks have just hatched at the Tower of London during the coronavirus lockdown. Officials confirmed the birds arrived at the start of April, which according to legend means the kingdom will not fall. Their parents, Huggin and Huggin and Munin, if you don't know, Huggin and Munin were the legendary ravens that Odin used to have on his shoulders. He would have one on each shoulder, hugging the money, and I don't know which one sat on each shoulder. And every morning he would send them out into the world to gather intelligence, and they would come back, sit on his shoulder, and they would uh, yatter into his ear all the things that were going on in the world. Um, but the raven master of the tower, Yeoman, uh, the yeoman warder Chris Schiappa, said, displaying their usual intelligence, good time, the ravens have given us some much-needed good news tonight. Now, I used to... There, there's a young raven there. Yeah, it's, it's rent. Look at it. It's rent-seeking immediately. <laughs> uh, it's in this world. Uh, it's, it's doing it at the right place because it's Tower of London, I think. I'm sure it brings in a lot of money, but it's probably publicly funded. Um, anyway, so there's new ravens, so the kingdom's not going to fall to bits. But here's the strange thing. I mean, I used to... Um, talk here. There we go. I used to uh, work at the Tower of London. Uh, when I was in the military, we would, I, I'd guard the Tower of London ceremonially during the day and then tactically at night. And the, these sort of ravens would always be hobbling about the place. So they don't really have much choice but to, to not fly away because they, they clip their wings so, so they can't. So even if they wanted to run away and destroy the kingdom, they couldn't. I think one of them escaped recently. I don't know what it was, 
money in their tummy, which, which one it was. One of them managed to grow its feathers a little bit longer and flew away. Somebody, a member of the public, managed to catch it in a bag and bring it back to the Tower of London. So uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a swindle. <laughs> the ravens are prevented from flying away. So uh, anyway, but well, there you go. There's, there's there's some good news. New ravens with the Tower of London. Excellent. And now we figured out how to screen share on Zoom. So I could have actually shown that article about Yeah, it's most unlike me to figure it out before you because <laughs> I am a fucking moron at these things. Well, you and me, mate, you know, we're on the up and up with this technology <laughs> stuff and this podcasting stuff. I mean, I think this uh, radical departure from our norm, you, we might get pilloried, but we'll see. So thanks very much. We might, we might even get Hillary'd. <laughs> thanks everyone at home for listening again. Share yep. the show. Have you got anything more to add before we go? Nope. Just Richard Branson, your numbers up.